0: does have it all all of our pre-owned vehicles are hubler q certified which include a 128 point vehicle inspection a free carfax vehicle history report and two warranties a two-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com
1: i'm brian though he's jimmy cook here on the fan today Stephen holder joins us covers the colts For ESPN.com, you know, lots to get into here, obviously, Stephen, but before Anthony Richardson and who went where, I want to know about you, Stephen Holder. Mm -hmm. What was draft night like for you? Give me a blow-by-blow of the the, uh, highlights of, I don't know, what you ate, what you had to do, (laughs) what you had to put out right when the Colts pick came in. How did it go down for you?
2: Well, I was juggling uh, life and work, so – uh, my daughter, who is uh, who just turned 14, had a track meet, and so I said, "All right, if I play my cards right, the draft doesn't start till late. I can probably see most of it, and then, you know, hustle over to the Colts facility." So, so I got there literally, uh, I would say, just before this, before the uh, Panthers got on the clock. So I really pushed it. So uh, I, I, I scarfed down, you know, two forkful of food. And then I just got to work, uh, you know, working both on a, a story about a, a national story about the quarterbacks that I was contributing to. And then, you know, the, the quarterbacks at large, and then the Colts specifically when they picked Anthony Richardson. So um, yeah, it, it's like, it's like you, you talk and you talk and you talk for, for three months and then draft night comes and it's like a blur, because you just literally don't come up for air until about 12:30 when I got done with everything. So it's, it, that's how it tends to work. It's like we, we sit there and we like say, "Oh my God, I can't wait for this to be over." And then it comes and it's like, "What just happened?"
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, the two part question. I hate when when uh, you know radio hosts like me ask the two part questions, and here I am doing it. <laughs> but but uh, good. you know, how did your your fourteen year old fourteen year old daughter fare at the track meet? And then also, if you tie it into the Colts pick of Anthony Richardson, how would you say they finished the track meet last night? You know, like, did they finish in first? Are they on the podium?
2: Where did they come in? All right, so great, great segues there because, uh, in fact, so the the Fall Creek Valley Middle School four by one hundred relay team broke the school record yesterday. I'll oh. have you know, yeah, uh, the the girls team. So uh, my offspring mia i claim her sometimes depending on the day (laughs) and how she's acting um she runs the second leg and yeah they uh they they did a good job they they have now broken the school record twice in a span of two weeks so they're cooking right now and so you know you talk about speed and athleticism and then the segue i was referring to you go right to anthony richardson right who is I think it appears the Colts, uh, the guy they, one of the guys they, they clearly targeted. And so they got their guy. They feel like they win. They are on the podium. He's the number four overall pick. I think that's worthy of being on the podium. So everybody wins and lots of athletic ability all around. So yeah, we're, we're, we got uh we we got all kinds of athleticism coming out of our ears coming out of our ears around here. So I love it.
3: <laughs> Steven, we live in a society where a quick Google search, a quick search on Twitter, you can pretty much find the answer to everything. Everything leaks. Almost everything. Movie scripts, picks, you name it. How'd hmm. they keep this quiet as long as they did and, and all the different just turns this took where if you're paying attention to betting odds, Will Levis is minus like six fifty 20 minutes before the draft starts. How did all this come about in terms of the protection at West 56th?
2: Okay. Well, I'll start by saying uh, the first thing is that I'm not saying that I'm like smarter than anybody else. Cause normally I don't know what the hell's going on and I'm usually wrong because I, I, that's why I don't ever come on and make proclamations because okay? I know how that, how that works. Sure. However, in this case, I will say I never really bought into Will Levis completely. I just, I understood what the appeal might be, right? It's not, it's not like it was hard to understand. Oh, okay, he had a lot of success in college. Uh, he played an approach style offense. I could see it, right? But I, could, I was able to make, I thought, a much more compelling case for why they would draft Anthony Richardson. That does not mean he'll be the better pro. That's not the point. I'm just talking just purely on the basis of why or why not would they draft this guy? And I found that I could make a much more compelling case for Richardson than for Levis. And so how they keep it quiet? I, I, I really think what the, the lesson here is that it's not that anyone lied. That's not necessarily the takeaway. I don't think anyone lied about Will Levis. I think people really did say those things to draft analysts and did tell them the Colts love Le- Levis. I think that information was out there. I just think those people were misinformed. In the end, at the end of the day, they they made a connection that was incorrect, and and it was based upon information that was legitimate information because people said it. Those it's just that those sources were wrong. Bottom line, and that's tough. That's the tough thing about the draft. I will say this: it was a little bit of a victory for local media there because one of the things that we often find, and I don't want to turn this into like a, a soapbox, but I, I think it's in, it's it's helpful for the listeners sometimes to hear these things. Is a little bit of a lesson, I think, because, listen, I don't get the same text messages that Adam Schefter gets, right? And we work at the same place, but we work on a, a totally different source book, right? That is totally true, <laughs> okay? Yeah. He's going to get heads up on things that, that I am just not going to get. I'm not, I'm not on that level of information brokerage. But, how, however, we are closer to the situation in many instances. And while I might not get the ultimate um, heads up that, a, that a, a piece of news has occurred. If you're paying attention, you will oftentimes be able to forecast what's going to happen on a local level. Jeff Saturday and the coaching search. It was pretty clear. He listened to local media that he was not the guy mm-hmm. that continued though, to be a storyline nationally. We were telling you, and I'm sure you guys remember these conversations. Mm-hmm. We were telling you that is not the vibe we are getting. And I think the same applied here. The Will Levis stuff was out there. All I could tell people was, "Look, well, that's not what I heard. I don't know what they heard. It's not what I heard." And so, anyway, I, I just really think the Colts were, were very focused on Richardson. I had I had information that some of it I shared, some of it I did not share because I wasn't really able to. But all of it was the combination of all of it was that I felt pretty strongly that he was the guy they were leaning toward.
1: He's Stephen Holder, covers the Colts for ESPN.com, joining us here on The Fan. When you think about Anthony Richardson and not having a lot of reps in college, Stephen, he's <laughs> thrown under 400 passes. And with that in mind, what's a reasonable timeline for a Colts fan or just an NFL fan before they, they throw out these, these really harsh critiques where you gotta give the guy some type of runway. So, how long is reasonable in your estimation to get him X amount of starts or X amount of throws before we really start to hammer him if he's not getting the job done?
2: So the first thing I would say is that it's okay to have trepidation. That's totally fine. It doesn't mean like, you know, I see conversations on Twitter like, oh, you don't believe in him. like Well, no, it's not about – not me, but just people talking and bantering back and forth. It's not about believing in him or not believing in him. It's just—I think you painted a pretty, a pretty fair picture, right? I mean, this—it's going to take time. He has 13 starts. Okay, that is nothing. Nothing. They have so little to go on. This is an NBA-like draft pick, all right. What are we drafting players in the NBA based upon? 100% potential, right? And this is that kind of approach. I actually am okay with it because if you look at the success rate of draft picks particularly at the very top you know where the where the most where the biggest investment is made, and you would think the the rate of return would be would be really overwhelmingly positive it's still very much hit and miss so if you're going to bet bet on the things that you believe in bet on a guy who has just off-the-charts physical abilities. And I know people will make this about his – I know I'm not answering the question, but I'm getting to it. <laughs> I know people will <laughs> make this about his his combine performance. This is not about his vertical jump. It's not about his his broad jump. I don't care about any of that. That's not what it's about. It's about how those physical skills relate to playing quarterback. And they actually do. People, I, A lot of people who are detractors of of maybe what he offers, they are – I think they're underselling the importance of those skills. Look, he, what, one of the things that you have to do in this league is you have to be able to create. When a player like, you know, some like, when Aaron Donald's on the loose and coming your way, what are you going to do? Right? What are you going to be able to do? Are you going to be able to make something out of that play? It's great if you can. If your first option's open and you can get the ball off and you got a quick release, okay, good, good for you. Now, what if that's not the case? What are you going to do? Well, in Anthony Richardson's case, he has options. He has legitimate options. And for as much as we think that he's going to be this deer in the headlights, he may be, but you know what? The defense, and this is something that was impressed upon me by a Colt staffer this morning. The defense, initially, and particularly at the outset of the season, the defense is not going to have any answers available for, for the things that they can't predict from, from Anthony Richardson. Those are the things that you can't coach and you can't scheme for because you don't know what's coming. So I think that's where he's going to be able to have some initial success. And and as Shane Steichen said last night, I think we're underselling him as a, as a passer. Yes, the completion percentage is what it is, but there are some fantastic throws fantastic throws that would be elite on the NFL level on his film. So like we can't pretend that didn't happen, but anyway, all of that said, I don't think we should rush it. I don't think we can rush it. And I don't think the Colts have to look at it that way. This is not a, this is not supposed to be some overnight situation. Uh, I don't have the Colts winning the Super Bowl in 2023. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you guys don't either. So take your time, do what you feel is right and that you know, do what's right for the kid. I, I don't think we have to make this about right now.
3: ESPN, Stephen Holder with us. You can follow him on Twitter at HolderSteven. You tweeted this out last night about the time that you spent, Stephen, with Anthony Richardson during the scouting combine. What did you learn about him during that period?
2: I think the bigger thing I learned, more so than anything he can do physically, is that his temperament, I think, is going to be good for the situation that he's in. A lot of pressure, a lot of eyeballs. You know how that is as an NFL quarterback, particularly one drafted where he is. And ultimately, he's a really even-keeled guy. He's also, I believe, is is quite humble. I think that'll serve him well, too, because if you're not humble, uh, this game will humble you, okay? And playing <laughs> that position will humble you. So it, it certainly helps when you have that built in. Uh, when you arrive. So I, I think those qualities are going to go a long way for him. And I think it'll endear him to his teammates as well. I mean, they'll see his physical skills, and, and they're going to be intrigued by that. But the one thing they want to know is, you know, how are you going to integrate into the locker room? He won't have a problem with that. They're, they're going to gravitate to him. Uh, but, but he also balances the humility with some confidence, and that's a tough thing to do. He does it.
1: You know, Stephen, before you go, man, I'm just curious. What's the celebration look like in track these days? You know, like I'm thinking like the too small gesture in the NBA, or is it like the LeBron silencer? Or or like last night, the draft, how Jalen Carter had the little handshake with Goodell. Like what's going on in in the track scene these days in celebration mode?
2: Well, listen, I'll tell you that yesterday's meet, it was Fall Creek Valley against Belzer Middle. And so those are the feeder schools to Lawrence North and Lawrence Central. So let me tell you something like you can, you know what that rivalry's like, <laughs> it's not that much different at the middle school level. I'm learning this now. I was like, I wasn't prepared for how, how big a deal this is. <laughs> you know, so it was, you know, it, it was definitely a neighborhood rivalry and uh, yeah, there was a lot of, was, it was pretty spirited. I got to tell you, um, the, the The boys and girls' relays i mean it it was there was a lot going on out there you had you had cousins against cousins and you know, neighbors against neighbors. It it was, it was pretty, it was pretty memorable actually. So fun times, man. And and let me tell you, yes, about celebration. There were definitely some celebrations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very nice, man. Well, Steven, thank you very much for the time today. I'm glad you juggled both your Colts responsibilities and going to the track meet. And thanks for crushing it today with us. Very enjoyable.
3: Thanks, Steven.
2: All right, guys. Take care.
1: You too. There he is. Stephen Holder covers the Colts for ESPN.com.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Tony Pauline, he joins us here. Pro Football Network draft analyst here. And, uh, man, uh, I was just informed by Eddie Garrison that you are a diehard Led Zeppelin fan. It's in your bio. And I, I, you know, I, I don't dislike Led Zeppelin at all. And I kind of feel like I wish I did just so I could sort of troll you and say they're overrated, but I don't feel like that way at all, Tony, just to see if you turn colors here on the show. I would just hang up the phone. Eh?
0: <laughs> you know, There were certain things uh, in life that you cannot dislike. Some of them I can't mention on this uh, this interview here, and I won't. Ice cream, Led Zeppelin, and, you know, let your mind uh, wander uh, to other things. But, uh, you know, you said it's in my bio. They're actually in my DNA. So it goes that deep for me with the mighty Led Zeppelin.
1: Yeah, so your biggest takeaway, or I don't know, what will you remember most five years from now about the first round of the draft? Will Levis wasn't drafted, anybody else was. What do you think you'll take away from this year's draft five years from now?
0: Well, hopefully how right I was, you know, because everybody is, you know, patting themselves on the back for a great mock first round. You know, listen, I'm I'm not surprised – I shouldn't be surprised that Levis wasn't taking the first round because I bought into the hype. If you go on my big board uh, at profootballnetwork.com, Will Levis is my fifth-rated quarterback. He is the 37th-rated player on my board. So when you look at my board, he's not a first-round pick. And I was riding back as far as the Shrine game. We were in Vegas. People were telling me the guy's not a top-20 choice. So while there's a lot of shock and to my own you know, fault, I bought into the hype about him going four to Indianapolis. In the end, when I look at where I have him ranked and what I've been writing about him, I really shouldn't be shocked. What else surprised me, I think, uh, basically, the Detroit Lions – kind of throwing caution to the wind and getting, taking Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, two really good players as early as they did. I think Joey Porter falling out of the first round is a bit of a surprise. I think the New York jets taking Will McDonald in the middle of round one, uh, when, you know, the jets, are basically built for the short term and there were other players on the board that could have helped Aaron Rodgers uh, was surprising. And and while it shouldn't surprise me, I think it's kind of funny that the Green, Green Bay Packers seem allergic to drafting receiver in the first round while the Baltimore Ravens seem to be addicted to drafting receivers in the first round.
3: Tony, what was your overall evaluation on the Anthony Richardson pick, and, and where do you see him trending in, in Shane Steichen's system slash what he can develop into as an Indianapolis Colt?
0: Anthony Richardson, the player, is the, is the prototypical boom or bust prospect. I mean, he's got a huge amount of upside, but he's got a lot of downside risk. He's got all the traits and all the tools that you want at a quarterback in this day and age. He's big. He's incredibly athletic. He's a legitimate threat picking up yards with his legs. He can roll outside the pocket, easily get the ball downfield. But there's got to be a lot of concern. He doesn't have a big body of work. He never really carried that Florida offense on his shoulders. Uh, he's a guy who couldn't beat Vanderbilt last year, sh- couldn't beat Florida State, completed 33% of his passes against Florida State. I thought all along it was a better fit for the Colts, especially for that head coach. When you look at where he's coming from, from Philadelphia, you know, really developing Jalen Hurts. I never understood the the love that was thrown out there for Will Levison. Obviously, there wasn't. It was a, it was a big smoke screen. <clears throat> I think it's a good fit. Yet, with that being said, there's a huge amount of risk with Anthony Richardson.
1: What do you think about this uh, talk about Shane Steichen and look at what he did with Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert yeah. and Jalen Hurts and he can just mold this young Clay that is Anthony Richardson.
0: You have to believe in it. I mean, there are only a few people in the league: Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, uh, a few others who I'm probably forgetting that have that Midas touch with the uh, at the quarterback position, and that is as important as getting a talented passer. I we see so many franchises just bust time and time again: the New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns. You know, spend so much. Draft capital, early draft capital, looking for that franchise quarterback. And while they draft good quarterbacks, they don't have the people in place to develop those quarterbacks. So that is why I thought Anthony Richardson was a good fit for the you know the new head coach uh, in in the in Indianapolis. And he better be a good. He better uh, produce very quickly out of the gate, or the general manager Chris Ballard can find himself on the outside looking in. Uh, you know, sooner rather than later.
3: To that point, though, what type of patience – Ballard mentioned this. We've kind of mentioned this to Colts fan. What type of patience, what type of timeline do you expect from Anthony Richardson to get a, a consistent measurement for what he's likely to be? We mentioned examples. like I'm not saying he's going to be Jalen Hurts, but it was really that second and then the big leap in his third year where you finally saw – the true makeup of what he can be in this league. What type of timeline are we talking about with Anthony Richardson in your mind?
0: Well, you, Yeah, you can't compare the two Jalen hurts played four years of ball on the, on the college level. I, I mean, went from, you know, Alabama to Oklahoma and faced a lot of adversity on the college level. Then went to the senior ball, didn't perform well, fell into the second round. So I don't think you can compare the two. I, the fact is this, what kind of timeline? Well, It should be three years for every player. It should be, especially for quarterbacks. But people want to know the answer now in three months. Uh, I mean, you've got to give it time. It's just a matter of how patient is the owner going to be, especially with taking such a high-risk type of prospect so early in the draft. And I think the outside pressure... Will be how does C.J. Stroud perform, uh, perform? Even if even though they didn't have the opportunity to draft him, how does Bryce Young uh, perform? You know if if Hendon Hooker is taken in the early picks tonight and he sits out uh, for 2023, comes back in 2024, how does he perform? The better those other quarterbacks perform on the field, the more pressure there's going to be for Anthony Richardson to perform as well.
1: He's Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network draft analyst, joining us here on The Fan. What type of problem could it present for the Colts that Anthony Richardson has only attempted 393 passes in college?
0: I I mean, it's a huge problem. I guess it depends on your point of view. I always like the quarterback with the large body of work behind him. That's why I say you really can't compare Jalen Hurts' You know, and, and his development to Anthony Richardson because Jalen Hurts played so much more football on the college level and faced a lot of adversity, especially at the Alabama, even at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I'm of the belief that Anthony Richardson needs to kind of sit on the sidelines and observe and absorb. Then there are other people who say, well. He hasn't had any experience or he doesn't have the great experience, especially compared to many of the quarterbacks in this draft or many past quarterbacks that were selected so early. you got to get him experience. you got to get him on the field. I, and I understand that point of view, but you could also ruin him if you get him on the field uh, too early. So you've got to believe in the coach. You've got to believe in the coach's past history in developing quarterbacks. And you've got to hope that it works with Anthony Richardson.
3: Tony Pauline with us here on The Fan. Tony, when you look at the players that are still available and the needs for the Colts, I know they have pressing needs on the defensive end, particularly at the cornerback position, but I would also like to see them add additional pieces on the offensive end for Anthony Richardson. When you look at what's available, where would you expect the Colts to attack in rounds two, three, four, and, and as the weekend rolls on?
0: Well, I mean, you still have Joey Porter available. You still have D.J. Turner, the cornerback from Michigan, available. So I think you got to look at those uh, two players at that at that position, which, as you pointed out, is a position of need. I'm sure they would like to get a receiver. You bring bringing Anthony Richardson, you better get him some uh, targets to throw the ball to or some additional targets to throw the ball to. I haven't taken – Tyler Scott at the top around the top of round the three. Uh, it's going to be a good group of cornerbacks in in, in the second round. It's going to be a good group of receivers in day two. So I think they'll be able to get good players and fill needs.
1: You know, I, I'm just thinking about what Shane Steichen had last year in Philly and what he has currently with the Colts. I I hear us talking about this long patience with Anthony Richardson runway. Like, Don't you think that similar patience need to be granted for Shane Steichen not having what he just had in, in Philly there?
0: I think it will be. And I don't think it's a question of patience for the for the coach. I think it's, you know, the general manager is on the line here because really since Phillip Rivers, it's been a disaster at the quarterback position for Chris Ballard. And I happen to like Chris Ballard. I happen to think he's a good general manager, but he can't figure out the one position, the quarterback position, which is the most important. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I mean, anybody who took Anthony Richardson had to feel that he had some job security. And who has more job security than a coach that hasn't even coached the game yet? So you've got – I would absolutely agree with you as far as the head coach is concerned. You're going to have to be patient with them for two or three years. Again, look what's going on with the New York Jets. I mean, you've got a, a head coach there for two years and hasn't won, collapsed the end of last season. They bring in a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. If they don't produce this year, his third year, he'll be out the door.
3: Tony, I want to shift towards the rest of the AFC South. What did you think of the decision-making and the draft capital given up by the Houston Texans as their board unfolded last night?
0: I could understand it. I mean, because they have a lot of picks. And it's great to have picks, but it's better to have players. I had reported that what I was hearing is they could do the opposite. Take Willie Anderson with the second selection and then move back into the top ten to get C.J. Stroud. They didn't. They did exactly the opposite. They took C.J. Stroud and they moved back in to get Will Anderson. Uh, You know, they gave away a lot, but I think they got a lot. Uh, And Will Anderson, before the league went quarterback crazy, everybody wanted that impact defensive player. And that's exactly what Will Anderson is. I know his numbers were a little disappointing this season – but they were out off the charts in 2021. They ne- didn't necessarily ask him to do the same things this year, despite the fact he began the year as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, I-, I think it's a great fit for that defense. I think the Miko Ryans is going to have a field there with that guy. And they got CJ Stroud, who a lot of us, literally up until about a week ago, figured was going to be the second pick of the draft to the Houston Texans. And it's just a matter of, you know, like Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, the Houston Texans are going to have to have a real good quarterback coach, someone who, you know, has got that Midas touch at the position to develop C.J. Stroud, who has a tremendous amount of upside potential like Anthony Richardson.
1: By the way, last one for you. Where the heck is Will Levis going to play? (laughs)
0: Uh, you know the word right now is Tennessee. You talk about the AFC South. The word is that Tennessee is one of is expected, or maybe is the favorite, or it, at least in league circles is the team that's talked about to move up and uh, grab Will Levis. But there again, you know you got to have a good coach, and you may not want to rush Will Levis onto the field. Uh, Will Levis, I think, is the prototypical what not to do in the lead up to the draft. He didn't play in the senior bowl, which was a major mistake. He went to the combine, you know, in the cutoff shirt, wanted to show off his big (laughs) muscles and prove that he could throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Well, we all know he could do that, but does he have any touch? Can he throw fade and corner patterns? And someone said to me, you know, Will Levis even in warmups is trying to throw the ball through people. So, and again, I just, when you watch the film, his inability to correctly read defenses, see the field, some of his decision making is why I had him as a thirty-seventh ranked player on my board.
1: Hey, Tony, great stuff, man. You got it you got it covered from all angles. You're doing great work over there and appreciate you sharing some knowledge today.
0: Thanks for having me. Good luck to Anthony Richardson and the Colts. Thanks, there you Tony. go.
1: Thank you. There he is. Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network draft analyst.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Something else that can definitely get me out of sorts here, Jimmy, is just, just text me what the next draft pick will be before it's announced. Blind Rage. Blind Rage. It happened last night. One of my buddies. Oh, by the way, the Lions, they traded up for Jameer Gibbs. Like the shocker of the first round. I knew before it was announced. It's un-American right there, Jimmy. I'll tell you what. If you're one of these low lives that just spoil draft picks, I'm scum sorry. of the earth.
3: I'm sorry because I did it last night too in our chat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. You did that, Eddie?
3: Yeah, you must not have been paying attention to your phone by good. that time.
1: good. I am glad I don't hate you today. I would hate <laughs> to hate you. I don't hate Kevin Bowen either. He joins us here, KB from Kevin Inquiry. Uh, KB, any uh, draft picks that you ruined for others or were ruined for you by others?
5: Um no. I mean, my uh, I was over at the complex and you know, I just give him to, you know, give me all the draft picks as soon as they happen. So yeah, when I saw the uh the Anthony Richardson pick, I already had something pre written on it so it wasn't uh, you know, too much of a oh boy, what am I gonna do scramble wise? But I'm not one that like, you know, I walk up to the podium and announce it. I you know, I'm pretty addicted to Twitter, so I guess it's yeah. kinda of my lifestyle right now. Give me the picks as soon as they happen and let me uh let me dissect it all.
1: Okay, so walk us through that real fast, KB. The number four pick is right there. Colts are on the clock. Could be Anthony Richardson. Could be Will Levis. Like, walk us through your thought process and then your reaction once you realized via Twitter it was going to be A. Richardson
5: yeah I, I that was my guess. that was my assumption, I guess, as the week moved along. So again, honestly, it's more of a uh, like a content behind the scenes. I was like, all right, when do I press publish and just make sure that I have everything right? So uh, you know, probably when Houston made the pick of 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 Stroud, you know that was when the curiosity popped into my mind of like, all right, what's going to happen here at three? Because Arizona was such a unknown, and, and the thought was they would trade out, and obviously they did. You know, Houston making that jump back up to three was, was pretty wild. So I think the question at that point for me more was, okay, you know, I think all along in this process, we thought Bryce Young and TJ Stroud would go one and two. And I know obviously a lot of things changed in last week or so, but like that was the consensus for, you know, two and a half months. And then when Will Anderson went, it was like, okay, I think at least I was under the assumption that those three names, Young, Stroud, and Anderson would go in some order – Obviously, I didn't think Houston would have two of those three picks, and then the question would be Richardson or or, or Levis. And again, you know, I felt like the Colts um, you know, clearly had Richardson ahead of Levis, and then I think the rest of the NFL uh, told you what you needed to know about that.
3: Kevin Bowen with us, you know, I'm on Kevin and Query as well as Colts beat writer, host of Kevin's Corner on 107.5 The Fan. dot com. You have a story up. Why did the Colts draft Anthony Richardson? You go, you can go find that on 107.5 The Fan. dot com, but. Kind of perusing it, and your takeaways both from the press conference as it happened in real time. Why did this happen? Ultimately, why do they feel he'll succeed in Indianapolis?
5: Yeah, I think you start with just kind of the dominant trait Um, with his running ability. You know that that stands out. I mean, right away, even if the guy can't throw the ball, from you know me to you, Jimmy, um, him and Jonathan Taylor will strike fear (laughs) in an opposing defense that um, the Colts haven't had in quite some time. I don't think fear has been utilized by a defensive opponent of the Colts uh, in years uh, and getting ready for their offense. So start there. Obviously the big arm, um, you know, uh, from a big playability standpoint, while he struggles with accuracy around the line of scrimmage, um, he was uh, a fine and, you know, pretty good passer down the field. So, you know, creating some big plays via that um, is something they would love to tap into. And then lastly, Chris Bauer really harped on this last night, but it's a trait that probably was maybe – um, the biggest question on a guy like Levis was what's your poise look like? You know, how well do you process when stuff around you gets a little muddy in the pocket? Um, how well can you handle that? And, you know, in Levis's case, you know, uh, turnover numbers were pretty high. Sack numbers were pretty high. In Richardson's case, while he certainly needs to become a much more efficient quarterback, there's no, no debating that. Um, he didn't compound those mistakes with, you know, more sacks or more, Turnover uh, type plays, so I think they felt like that is kind of a difficult trait to teach, and they feel like uh, Richardson just kind of naturally has that.
1: I was just being a jerk, thinking like striking fear into Colts opponents. Maybe Anthony Richardson can pitch the ball to Jonathan Taylor, and Taylor's the guy who can throw it with precision. You know, like maybe that's the fear that's going to mm-hmm. take place. I know. Sorry, first thing that went through my head right there. What, what's the biggest question mark you have for Anthony Richardson at this point here, KB?
5: Well, accuracy is obvious, uh, and and obviously you just you just mentioned that. Uh, you know, how much can he grow? I mean, 54 percent is an ugly, ugly number. Um, I think, given his other traits, you don't need him to get to like Philip Rivers, Drew Brees accuracy, but you certainly need to get north of sixty. Um, so that will be. A big question. Uh, will he fall into the Josh Allen camp or will he be, you know, kind of grouped in, group in with, you know, really everybody else from college football that has transitioned to the NFL and, and had accuracy numbers like him and not gotten to that level? I think the other question you would have, I guess this kind of goes with experience. You know, I, I don't really know if we have seen Anthony Richardson in many big-time moments. Um, when you think about college football in general, I mean, he started for 13 games. Sure, he played in a great conference. They had some, you know, marquee games on the schedule, but they were six and seven in his 13 starts. It's not like they were playing for anything meaningful in the month of November. He opted out of the bowl game. So, you know, what he looks like when you know stuff is real, more is at stake, games are on the line. Those sorts of questions. Uh, we know how the NFL rolls. It's a league defined by parity and one-score games galore. And so, um, how he looks in those moments, um, I think, will be a question that really all of them. It's a different sort of atmosphere when you get to this level. But C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, in particular, have been on bigger stages. Uh, you know, Levis, you could argue, has been on bigger stages as well. Uh in Richardson's case, and, and he's kind of admitted this, you know, game that he really circled for him last year was against Kentucky, against Will. Will Levis, and he really struggled in that game. You know, he had a big day against Tennessee from a passing yard standpoint. Um, But, you know, Florida State, he struggled against a rival. So that would be kind of the other question. And you can just kind of tag that on with experience in general. But what does he look like when the game is on the line?
3: Kev, we obviously don't know yet and probably won't know until. July, August, maybe week one going in, whether or not they're going to take the route of starting him right away or whether or not they're going to sit him for a little bit behind Gardner Minshew. But just for the sake of fun and excitement, let's say that we get the Christmas present early and it is a week one start and you look at where this offense is right now and you mentioned already the idea of having him and Jonathan Taylor in the same backfield. What are the possibilities for you with this offense assuming they probably fine tune it a little bit with the rest of the draft and the picks they have available. What's this offense going to look like next year?
2: And you
5: are playing out of a scenario with Richardson starting. Correct. Yeah.
3: Of- he's week one, just for the sake yeah. of argument. He's the starter week one. That's how Steichen wants to do it.
5: Yeah. I mean, unless your offensive line just totally falls apart, I, I see no reason why you shouldn't be a top five to 10 rushing unit. Uh, I think Richardson is that dynamic with his legs right away. I mean, there was zero need to I mean, we had arguments on Monday mornings about, was Matt Ryan the slowest quarterback in NFL history? <laughs> like, And now you have arguably the fastest or one of the fastest quarterbacks in NFL history. So um, the RPO, the read option nature to him and Jonathan Taylor – um, should certainly give you a really dynamic run element. Now, of course, teams are just going to load the box from day one and say, all right, Anthony Richardson, what do you look like from a thrower? And that is where Shane Steichen is going to have to come into play big time and cater some sort of passing offense um, around him to be at a satisfactory level. Uh, but to the bigger point about just playing Richardson, I'm all for it. I think he needs to play. I think he needs to play very early. Um I, I, I'm just such a believer in you've got to baptism by fire these quarterbacks. And, you know, for example, I think a guy recently that you see that is a bit of an unknown and was drafted up a spot higher than Richardson uh, is Trey Lance. And certainly he's had some injuries. But, you know, given the COVID year that he had at North Dakota State and then hasn't really played here in the NFL either, it's like, what is he? Like, he, he just, teams, I think, are so afraid to throw a guy in there. And I think you got to do it. You got to live with the growing pains. And if you go three and fourteen, it's not the end of the world. Um, this is a kid that needs ton of experience. He needs game reps. And if you have another top five pick next year, not the end of the world. And doesn't mean that Anthony Richardson is some total bust. Uh, this is obviously going to be kind of a multi-year evaluation, and you need to continue to support him with some personnel.
4: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Kevin Bowen Bowen joining us here on the fan. Gosh, I feel like Query. Like when Query screwed up my name, I just (laughs) did that. (laughs) Sorry. Um, You know, I'm not trying to ask an unfair question, KB, but I want you to... Just ballpark what you think the stat line is going to be for Anthony Richardson in year one as the Colts quarterback. Now, like, let me preface it by this. It's not for like me to say, yep, see, like he stinks. It's not anything like that. It's just, look at Trevor Lawrence, good example in the same division. His rookie season was not good at all statistically. He was really good last season. So with a guy like Richardson who doesn't have a lot of college experience, it's going to be rough. So that's all it is. It's not a gotcha moment or anything like that. It's just, what do you think the stat line might look like at the end of the 2023 season for Richardson?
5: Yeah, I think you, you know, mid to high 50s uh, from a completion percentage standpoint. Um, obviously, you would like to see him kind of ascend as the year moves along. Uh, I mean, certainly a touchdown interception ratio you would hope would be you know a little bit more in the uh, in the touchdown favor there. Uh, that was a decent stat that he had. Nothing eye-popping by any means, but it was a decent stat that he had at Florida. And then I, I don't see any reason why the run element shouldn't transfer, you know, pretty well. I mean, obviously it's still NFL-type athletes week in and week out, and that is a different animal, but it's not like he had Jonathan Taylor with him at, at Florida either. So that that should help him. Um, again, I think from a run offense standpoint, he should have some nice success, but the threat of the passing game, isn't really going to, going to be there. So I think that's what you would like to see. Um, you know, if you can steal a phrase from Chris Bauer from a Carson Wentz press conference, you know, making the layups is something that I think Anthony Richardson has got to get better at. That is where he struggled. And, you know, how much of this, you know, drilling with the quarterback coach in the offseason, how much does Shane Steichen, you know, feel like from a footwork standpoint, um, whatever he can get done here in the spring and, and and then training camp can help him in that area. But, um I, I would guess something around that. Again, if he starts. I mean I I, mm-hmm. I still don't think it's a slam dunk. I got the impression that they're more open to playing him early um uh, than I think most coaches would be. Uh but if you can, you know, hover somewhere around you know Josh Allen's rookie year, which you know I venture to put anyone back there and look at the Josh Allen numbers from his rookie year, those were some pretty ugly looking numbers. <laughs> uh you would sign up for that. I, I also think and I kinda of felt this way about the Pacers this season. The Pacers, like, needed to experience end-of-game moments. They needed this young core to get used to that. Like, Richardson needs to be in those moments. Like, even if they go poorly, like, he's got to get used to what that is like at this level. I mean, the dude can't even legally drink. Like, he, he, he turns 21 next month. Like, he just has to get a taste of that and try and grow and develop.
3: KB, you look at the needs for this team, wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line, Right now as it stands, one in the second, one in the third, two day two picks for the Colts. Where do you feel they should address out of the gate with that second-round pick? And ultimately, do you think they're coming out of day two with a wide receiver in toad?
5: I would like to um, see that happen. I think a speedy wideout in particular. Um, I think they've got enough tall dudes. I've made the analogy several times. Enough power forwards. Time to get more (laughs) of a point guard in that room to complement what you have. You know, in an ideal world, you would achieve what the Colts did, you know, 11 years ago with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. Of course, that's a bit wishful thinking, but, you know, T.Y.'s body type, T.Y.'s, you know, what made him so great, I think is exactly something you need right now, considering what you have in that room to begin with. And remember what Richardson's strength is. It is, if he has a strength as a passer, it's certainly, as a vertical passer, and making plays down the field. So I think you want to go there. Now, I know a lot of people love to see Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. I mean, I'm a mm. huge Notre Dame fan. I mm. love Mayer. I mean, one of my favorite Notre Dame players of all time. But I just think wide receivers are a little bit more scarce and guys available. And I could make the argument that, again, I think that specific need is a little bit more pressing than what you have at tight end. I still think tight end I wouldn't like be mad at the pick, per se. Corner is is certainly a need as well, but Again, I think we've had this conversation before, guys. Support the quarterback. You know, Too often, teams just don't do that. And if you look at Ryan Grigson with Andrew Luck, or you go back and look at Bill Polian with Peyton Manning, I mean, we're talking Manning and Luck. And look at those two drafts right after they made that pick. The Manning draft, they come back and they go wide out, wide out, O-line. The Luck draft, they come back, they go tight end, tight end, wide out, and Hilton. And then come back on the final day and go running back and wide out. So... That is with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I would think Anthony Richardson would qualify as someone that needs at least that, if not more of it. So I'm not holding my breath that that is what Chris Howard will do. And if I had a guess, he'd probably trade. He'll trade back like nine spots in round two tonight. Uh, but I would look long and hard at a speedy wideout and then some of those other positions of note. I still think line. I mean, when I say quarterback support, I think O line falls into that group.
1: Freaking Bowen. Man. <laughs> I hear you, KB, and it's the exact opposite of what the Houston Texans are doing, which I think is good news for the Colts. Like, you trade back up to get Will Anderson Jr., who might be really good in the NFL, but C.J. Stroud, to go from the talent he enjoyed at Ohio State to what exactly with Houston? Like I don't know what they're doing over there. Yeah, he's
5: going to be throwing just some wideouts that, you know, he was like, oh, wait, are these the scout team guys? <laughs> no, Ohio these are actually State. my guys, yeah. Yeah. And they tri- they traded away their second, is that correct? Yeah. Uh in getting back up to number three. Yeah. So they won't pick again. I think they have a couple of thirds. And you know, obviously they are looking at this as very much in a long term view of it. I mean they still have a first next year from Cleveland and uh but yeah, from a wide out talent, uh he's got a great, you know, young running back there and Damian Pierce, but uh he's gonna walk in there. And uh, Jackson the and by Marvin Harrison Jr. and company, Garrett Wilson, etc. Not going to be there for, uh, for him.
1: Man. Well, hey, KB, hope you enjoyed the rest of the draft. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you soon, bud. Thanks, Kev. All right, boys. Have a good weekend. You too. Kevin Bowen. Kevin Inquiry. Every morning here. The Fan.